podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Straightcast. This week is a little bit different. It's an exclusive interview with former Manchester United goalkeeper Alex Stephanie, who was part of the 1968 European Cup winning side under Sir Matt Busby 10 years on from the Munich air disaster. So we speak a little bit about that. We also speak about a claim which appeared in the Telegraph, which states that Stephanie got arguably the weirdest injury during a match in football, which I think he touches on any kind of rubbishes um, because it claims that he dislocated his jaw while shouting at one of the United's defenders. Um, that's not exactly the case. And you'll see you'll see what, exactly what happens in this interview. So yeah, grab yourself a cup of tea. Um, Lockdown Times podcasts are popular at the moment and this interview, I really enjoy putting it together. I hope you enjoy listening to it. And if you did and you want to support Straightcast um, down the line to get more interviews of this nature, please subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Straighty News. Just a big thanks to Alex and his son John who really helped me get this interview and I really enjoyed it. So yeah, listen, give us some feedback at Straightcast on Twitter and I'll speak to you again with Mike next week. Stephanie, former Manchester United goalkeeper, winner of the 1968 European Cup and more trophies for Manchester United. Alex, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. You know, uh, <coughs> the way things are turning out around uh, the world, um, I'm, I'm still here. <laughs> how, how, how are you getting on day by day? Are you keeping active? Are you trying to get out in the garden? Yeah, I think it's uh, something you've got to do. I mean, we've been locked down basically, what, five weeks now, yeah. I think. You know, um, you, you, you've got to sort things out. Uh, we go for a walk every day. Uh, I go walking down and get a paper. You know, you get used to doing these things, and uh, obviously different to everyday life as it was before. But you know, I mean, I mean, it's it's one of these things that uh, you've got to do. Uh, you know, so many people have uh, lost their lives, and uh, obviously you don't be one of them yourself. No, exactly. You have to stay active. But before we get into your time at Manchester United. Yeah. I want to ask about your youth days and how you got into football and how you became a goalkeeper. Well, uh, it was basically, um, obviously, at uh, junior school. Uh, I played, um, obviously, for the school team. And then, directly, I got into uh, secondary school. Uh, I was, you know, I was playing as a goalkeeper anyway. It was like, in those days, it was, uh, when, you went, <laughs> when you went on the common, you put two coats down. And I like to enjoy going in goal. And, Jumpers for goalposts. <laughs> That's right, and that's how it all began. And I made my way. Uh, we we done well. I was in South London actually, a little place called uh, Sutton and Carshorton was our district team, and um, there was only eight schools in it. We, but we had a we had a good team. Um, we got to the quarterfinals of the uh, the English School Shields. It was then, and uh, uh, you know made me name, but didn't get into football because you could only join football uh, a professional club. Until you left school at fifteen in those mm-hmm. days, mm-hmm. So, um, sorry, you're obviously you're at Millwall and you're at Chelsea. How how did that call 
for many years. No, 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 no. I, I was, I, I was working at work for a living. I was, a, I was a paint sprayer, and uh, I went in. I went to Phillips at uh, Croydon, uh, you know, a television company. Uh, but I was playing amateur football for for Tooting and Mitchell. I had a trial for Fulham, oh, when I was sixteen, I think it was, and the manager was a guy called Bedford Jezard. Uh, I played half a game, um, and he just said, "You're never going to make it, son." Well, one of those things that you do, you want to prove people wrong. <laughs> Did you send them so, a picture uh, of your medal, of your 1968 uh, medal? Yeah, it's, it's up on the, it's on the ball, yeah, everything. But uh, you know, I eventually uh, got to playing amateur football. I was doing well, and um, 1963 was a very bad winter. Uh, you know, the game closed down for two months actually, and. I was playing amateur for Tooting and Michigan. Millwall wanted someone to play in a reserve, so I played in a reserve team for about eight games. And then the manager asked me to turn pro, so I thought, well, <laughs> why not? I was nearly, I was, I was 20. Uh, I thought, well, let's have a go at it. <laughs> and uh, ironically, uh, it might sound a bit funny, really, um, the manager, in those days, it was very tight. You, you, they couldn't pay money or, or things like that. Um, because the football league was very strict, um, but he gave me an envelope and it had fifty-one pound notes in it and uh, uh, an FA Cup final ticket, uh, and actually it was, it was Manchester United against Leicester. Uh, so I went to Wembley for the first time to watch um, watch an FA Cup final, and three years later I joined United. How did that come about? How did, how did the move to Manchester? Well, I, I done well at Millwall. Um, we had I had three good years there basically, um, and won some. 323 caps in 65-66 with Alf Ramsey, uh, which was not bad for a third division player. Um, I wanted first division football. Um, I nearly went to West Ham, that fell through, because I don't think Millwall and West Ham got on. <laughs> <laughs> so Tommy Dock come in for me, and you know um, he'd, he'd fallen out with Peter Plessy, who sadly passed away last week. Um, and... Um, I signed for Chelsea, but it didn't materialise. Uh, I had one game for him because uh, Peter got injured. It was beginning of the 67 season. Um, Matt Busby coming for me. Well, there we go. Uh, he paid a world record fee for me for fifty five thousand. I, I never looked back for twelve years with him. Was there a conversation with Matt beforehand? Did Matt convince you? No, 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 no. No, I knew nothing about it because. I played against uh, Southampton for Chelsea on the Saturday. Uh, on the Monday morning, I went into training at, at, uh, uh, at Chelsea and um, the, the trainer said, uh, the boss wants to see you back at, um, at Stamford Bridge. And I went back, Tommy Dock took me to a hotel in London. I said, what am I doing here? He said, you'll soon find out. And then Matt Busby and Jimmy Murphy walked through the door. So that was it. <laughs> Done. You went up to Manchester joining a... A great bunch oh. of lads, you know, like that, that, that was totally different, I guess. George Best, Dennis Law. Yeah, because back back in those days, you, you know, I mean, even, I mean, me, I basically played all my career in well, three years as a professional in, in lower divisions. I'd never met uh, any United players, even though I played 323 games. Um, you know, there was no United players in that, in that squad, so I didn't know anybody. Um, but I, I just couldn't believe, um, the, you know, the, the day I turned up and went went training. Matt came along with me, introduced me to everyone, and 
you know, like everything else, you know, I was made so welcome. It was just, uh, you know, I knew I was in a family. Yeah, and you were, you're obviously replacing the great Harry Gregg as well. Well, it was Harry Gregg. It was Harry Gregg. It was Eaton Pat Dunn who won, who won the, the championship in 65. And David Gasser, who played in that 63 Cup final. Um, there was three other goalkeepers there. Um, obviously, Matt put me in. And, and my first game uh, after signing was, was City at home. And, and we won that 1-0. And, and, and I think I was sort of regular right through. You know, well, I played, what, 539 games? I think I played for United. Amazing, amazing. How different, when you look at goalkeepers today and the fine pitches and the lighter footballs, how, <laughs> how, 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 how would you describe the difference between playing then and watching now? Uh, the, the difference, basically, is if you, you look at it, you can look at it from whatever part you want to be in any stadium around around the country, have a look at the pitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, most pitches were, were excellent first game of the season and then it was just like... Uh, you know, they got torn up and everything because and, they're not like that today. Uh, but players, you know, goalkeepers have a different attitude today. Uh, we, were, we weren't looked after. We had to look after ourselves. Uh, I think uh, the game's changed so much that, um, I mean, the game's quicker, let's be honest. I mean, you know, there's no two ways about that. The ball's different. But then again, I say, well, OK, you know, for goalkeepers, I don't see many doing what we had to do uh, to stay in the team by catching the ball. It was a lot of um, uh, a lot of punching now and uh, doesn't seem to be the same sort of contact we had. We had to do it. Otherwise, if you didn't do it, you wouldn't be playing. Jumping into that season in which you won the, the European Cup, um, mm. in, the, in the lead-up to that and the build-up and, and the games against Madrid and so on, was there ever any talk about the Munich um, anniversary or anything no. like that. Never. No. I think I think that was the main thing. Even on my way up to Manchester, <laughs> to Manchester, excuse me. <clears throat> I wondered whether any of them uh, spoke about Munich. Yeah. <clears throat> and they didn't. And I knew straight away. There was no question about it. I mean, because don't forget there was. I mean, like you said, Harry Green was there. I mean, sadly, Harry passed this year. And and, and the fact about what he did was just unbelievable. Uh, in Munich, I mean, it's something that um, was was instinctive of him, and 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 that was the kind of guy he was. Uh, and you, that's what you probably thought. Well, he he would be the one to do that sort of thing. But no, I mean, there was Bobby in the team, obviously, and Bill Fawkes, and, and players have been there like Nobby and 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 Shea Brennan uh, as young kids when when it happened. Um, never mentioned it. It was never mentioned, and. <laughs> I found that, you know, I couldn't say anything, you know, mm-hmm. I, 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 even to players that um, I room with, you know, who hadn't been around at that time at, at, at the club. You just didn't do it. Um, but the fact is, when we won it, yeah. when when that final whistle went uh, after extra time, when we won 4-1, uh, I, I just, I, I, I went straight to Bobby and, and Bill uh, and Matt yeah, and... When I look at it on the film, you know, on the video and things like that, everybody done that. Mm. Every player done exactly that. So it was in us, every one of us, although we hadn't spoke about it, but we knew what it meant to them and to the supporters. And, of course, the, the family didn't understand that, um, the, sadly, the lads had lost their lives. Yeah, no, absolutely. And in that season, too, the one game, the one moment when I look back at the clips is mm. the, the, the game against Madrid. 
uh, yeah. and going through. And you can see that the commentator says something. I don't know if Matt Busby has fainted, but he's on the pitch lying down. Um, he, he didn't know what to do. But I, I, think, I think the whole thing with the, the build-up, you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned there was no talk about Munich. But obviously, no. obviously, it was in the back of people's minds that he, he really he, he wanted the European Cup. Um, obviously. And, and that year and the way in which it was done, Mm. Incredible, incredible. Well, it, it was incredible. You, you know, when you think about, like you mentioned earlier, about how how the games changed. You know, from today's to then. I mean, the first round we we played a team from Malta. I mean, okay, we won a home game four 0 I think it was in the, in the first first round, and and we went to Malta uh, and we played on on a, a concrete pitch just covered with light sand. Now, that wouldn't be allowed today. You know what I mean? Another thing, Alex, which is very important. Back then, when you went away in Europe, I'd imagine there was, there was no real homework done on the opposing side. Did, did, was there any way of knowing who they were? Or? Well, yeah. I mean, mainly, I mean, uh, I mean Jimmy Murphy was, was obviously Matt's assistant, uh, uh, assistant manager. But I think Jimmy, mainly, he was the one that whoever we played in Europe, he would go and have a look at the team that we were playing anyway, you know, uh, uh, and see what he could come back with. Because, you know, it was, I mean, we, we went to Sarajevo. Now, because of the air crash in, in, in 58, that, uh, and that was a charter flight, Matt Busman, well, the club, the club said, that we're, not gonna, we're not going to uh, charter any more flights. Mm. And we had to fly I mean, it was no direct flight to, to Sarajevo in Yugoslavia as it was then. We had to fly to Dubrovnik, uh, uh, BEA, and uh, where it was, and, and then an eight-hour coach journey from Dubrovnik through the mountains to, to Sarajevo, play the game, and eight hours journey back and, and play again on Saturday. That's because don't forget every game was on a Wednesday night in those days. So that's how it was, um, and then because we went to Gornik. I mean, we, we won 2-0 at home, and, and then there was 105,000 in the Slavsky Stadium in, in, in Krakow and Katowice, and uh, it was 16 below. Uh, there was six inches of snow on the pitch, and you have to go out and play, you know. Uh, and I remember lining up in that tunnel, because that's the only time you sort of walk out with the same you know, team side by side in the European game. Because we had nylon shirts, well, kind of nylon shirts, if you want to call them <laughs> shirts and shorts, and they had polonic sweaters. <laughs> <laughs> they were ready for it. They were ready yeah, for it. But, but, but anyway, we got through that. We got through that. And of course, the next game was the semi final against Real Madrid. And it was worth it every step of the way. How did it feel being the first English team to win the European Cup? You might, like, I know I'm not, I'm not bringing, just bringing best into it, but you must have all felt like a big group of the beasties. <laughs> yeah, it was it was it was a bit surreal. Really. I, I think um, going back to the final, we knew we had a job to do because mm. uh, you got to remember that um, United and I wasn't I wasn't there in the year before I joined. Uh, United played Benfica and they beat them. I think they beat them five one in in in, in Portugal. Uh, best team was unbelievable, and and. Uh, you know, you come up against them again, uh, but we knew what Matt was very, very sort of every every game you play, he, he wouldn't sort of give a team talk about uh, how how we play. He would basically, as a manager, go round in the dressing room and, and, and discuss things with you. You know, mm. 
in the build-up to the game. And that, that's how, that was the way he worked. And um, so, you know, I suppose really uh, the way he, he, he sort of, we knew he wanted it, but we didn't, because it was all because of Munich, but like I said before, we, we didn't talk about it. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, and I think it was a big weight of everyone's shoulders, uh, but a glad, in a very glad way, that we'd done it for him, Bobby, and and, and, and obviously uh, um, Bill, uh, and the supporters, like I said, and the family. But it meant somewhere along the line, we've done it, let's go on now, and let's see what else we can do. In that final, you make a terrific save um, to stop the Eusebio shot. Yeah. When you look back at your, and you actually give you a gesture um, after that too, which is remarkable. But that, when you look back at that save, is that your favourite save of your career or is another one that comes out? <laughs> no, I think when you played something like 800 games in your career, you, yeah, I mean, there's been saves, there's been a goalkeeper, there's been saves that you, you should come, but, but you're trained to do that. You know, yeah. it, 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 it's, it's in the moment. Uh, uh, obviously, certain things can go wrong, but certain things, you just hope, you, you know, you, you're very consistent in the way you play. Uh, and you just don't believe how you've done that sometimes. But you, you're trained to do that. But that, in that respect, I mean, uh, the, what happened in that moment, I mean, I think it was about four minutes ago and it's 1-1. One, one, uh, and, and when the ball was played through, uh, the Wembley turf in those days was very lush because uh, we never played on, on pitches like Wembley. Yeah. You know? um, and to my surprise, I, I mean, I thought it was like a 50-50 ball and I, I sort of come off the line. Uh, but the... the the ball slowed up in, in the turf more than anything, and I, I thought I was going to be in a bit of no man's land, so I went back and stood up. But, but in that split second, I'd seen so much of Eusebio, especially in the World Cup in '66, when he was, you know, when he played for Portugal, how he wanted to burst the back of the net. Yeah. You know, uh, so I thought he's got, he's, got, he's got to smash it, and he well, did. He the best striker you played against. Well, I, I mean, I only played against him it, it, once, you know, in a comp competitive game. Uh, so I can't really say he was yeah. the best. But he is, is, well, I think he played 760-odd games, uh, 720 games for, for, for Benfica and scored 756 goals or something like that. So he's a great striker. But when you play against players twice a season or probably three times a season regularly, uh, if you play them in the cup games and things like that, Jimmy Greaves was the best to me. But Jimmy Greaves was a, was a classic goal scorer. Looking back at the final, you mentioned Eusebio. Um, one of my favourite things for the final was Nobby Styles and Eusebio. <laughs> Nobby Styles has obviously asked to stick very, very tightly throughout the game. Yeah. But no better man to do it. No. I mean, that was... Uh, I can remember. I mean, we're 50-odd years on now. And, uh, and like, like I said to you, Matt never really gave team talks in respect of, uh, you know, he, he would speak, like I said, he'd speak to you individually in the dressing room as you were getting changed. Um, but the last thing I remember him saying before, I mean, that walk uh, up Wembley Tunnel was a hell of a walk and the dressing rooms were right at the back and you had this I mean, long walk up the tunnel. Uh, and as we went out the door, you know, because the bell had gone, I remember him saying, Nobby, I want you to mark you, Savio, man for man, like you did two years ago in the semi-final of the World Cup against Portugal. And that was it. Yeah. yeah. And 
you know, Nobby, I suppose, Nobby, Nobby would have probably said, where, where do you want me to mark him? No, he was fantastic. Though. He was, a great, he was, everyone had a job to do in the team and, and Nobby was, and Nobby and Paddy were, were our hard men, really. Look, looking at the team, and like, there's a lot of Irish players there. There's George Best, Shea Brennan. Shea Brennan yeah. actually, in fact, um, didn't live too far away from me. And actually, at, when he retired, he came home to Ireland. And it was, it was. He, yeah, it was about 40 yeah, was. minutes away. But he came to my town, Clamel. Um, I think he was, oh, play, Clamel. He, he was player manager at Clamel Town FC, which is my local team. Right. Um, and like his his wife is still living in, in Waterford, so that's, that's something yes. that I'd like to chase up. But um, what, what were the likes of... Brennan and uh, and best like to in in the dressing room. Did you did you deal much with them away from the pitch, or was it always kind of football business? Um, no, I think I think uh, we, we all had our. <laughs> things changed so much now. I mean, Shay was uh, Shay was a guy that he he, he liked to. He likes a pint. He likes a senior service. <laughs> you know what I mean. He's from the same water as me, then. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, 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 he was a character, but a very quiet character, if you know what I mean. One of yeah. these guys that just go on and let everything, sort of typical Irish, to be honest, let everything <laughs> go on around him. and uh, 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 But come in with subtle remarks, if you yeah. know what I mean. Quick I mean, win. when you, it, I think the main thing, the funniest thing uh, about Shape was, was, was in the final, um, because what happened was, um, you see, he only got he only got into the team. He, he played he played in the semi final in Madrid because I think Franny Burns Matt had left Franny Burns out and uh, Shea got in and of course he played in the final. Um, he but made, he, made, he a, made a small mistake against Madrid, didn't he, for one of the goals? The ball came from under right, the yeah, foot. Yeah, but, but we, listen, we all make mistakes. Yeah, Don't get yeah. me wrong. You know, but it, it's 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 the team spirit that carries you through sometimes, and and and. Um, and managers, especially like, like the boss, Samat, would would pick up on that. Wouldn't worry him because he knew everything was right. If yeah. you know what I mean. Yeah, we all make mistakes. Especially. Exactly. But what what he did was, uh, if you go into extra time, when we went into extra time, um, after about two or three minutes, we got a throw in on our left, and Johnny Aston, who was having a, who was man of the match, Johnny Aston was having a fantastic game as a left winger. He threw the ball back to Tony Dunn, right? Now, you've, you've gone through this unbelievable 90 minutes, and it was 100 degrees or 90-odd degrees in the stadium, uh, and you're exhausted. Uh, uh, well, I wasn't, but, you know, because they'd be running around and around, like, basically. Uh, and he threw the ball back to Tony Dunn, and, and actually Tony could have took it on, he could have passed it to Bobby Charlton in the middle of the field, but it, 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 it was, he didn't really want it, and he passed it back to me, you see. Now, in those days, I could pick the ball up. Yeah. You know, so I picked the ball up, and I didn't want to just kick it. I just wanted to keep keep possession. Because I, I looked to me right, and there was Shea Brennan on the other side of the box, and he was on his own, so I threw him the ball. And when he when he got it, he didn't want it. He could have gone forward. He passed it back to me. So, mm. so I can only do now. He kicked the ball forward, so I kicked the ball forward down the middle of the pitch. And Brian Kidd got a flick on, and George was still full of running. Got the ball when he went, I think he nutmeg clue in the room, and then went around the goalkeeper, and we scored. 
So anyway, we won the game, and you do your lap of honour, and you get in the. Can you imagine what it was like in that dressing room? You know, the champagne, the trophy, and everyone's shouting and laughing, and because when that happens, you get a lull. You always get a lull just for five or ten seconds. And Shay Brennan stood up on a chair, and he had a senior service and a glass of champagne, and he said, "Right, lads, just remember." that I started to move for our second goal when I passed the ball back to Alex. <laughs> well, that's a classic statement. Uh, I, I can't imagine players of today, you know, saying things like that. Brilliant. Um, another, just another, another topic moving on. Um, to, under Tommy Dock in the second division, what was that yeah. like? That, cause, uh, speak, speaking to Manchester United fans that, that witnessed those days, to, to Manny, that's their favourite season in the second division and coming up and taking yeah. over sounds fantastic atmosphere. As a player, what was that like? Well, it, it, for me, after being, you know, the highs of winning the league, the first yeah. division, and winning the European Cup, and and then, like anything else, understandably, Matt had had enough then. I mean, it, yeah. it, because of what he it, it, it achieved, is what, what he wanted to achieve oh, 10 years later than what he thought he was going to do. But irrespective of that, the, the, the fact was that, he, you know, uh, things were catching up on him and, and he go went upstairs, and because then Wilkins Guinness came in, and we got to a couple of semi-finals, and but that didn't. You've got to win things. Yeah. You've got to win things, and and then Frank O'Fall came, and, and and that didn't really work out, and then obviously Tommy Dot came, and and that didn't. Work. It, it was getting as though players were okay. Players were getting a bit older, you know, and, and things like that. So we got relegated, which was, you know, in all in all due respect, you know. The, the league table never lies. Um, I, 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 I played, I think, 42, the 42 league games it was there. And I let in 48 goals and, and we got relegated. You know, when the other teams that got relegated with us, Southampton, I think it was, or Norwich or whatever, Villa, they, they let in something like 60-odd goals. So we lost... There was we lost some great, great players in that team. That like Winnie Morgan. Yeah, but we never scored. We never scored goals. Yeah. We lost. We lost. I think twelve games, one nil. That was the problem. And then, surprise, surprise, in all due respect, the club kept on Tommy Docky. Kept. I said, right, give us a chance to. We're going to give you a year to get out, and he did. But he, what he did, he changed. He changed the actual. He got rid of. He got rid of who he wanted to get rid of, I suppose, like most managers do when they come into club. But he, he got he got what Manchester United was all about. He got wingers. He got Gordon Hill. He got Stevie Coppel. He got Stuart Pearson, striker. You know, and all of a sudden, yeah, sorry, Sancho. Yeah. So so and all that. All of a sudden, we're in the second division, and, and we take it by storm, and we we, we comfortably comfortably win it. But because we won it, and we're back now where we belong in the first division, you know, uh, there's 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 that feeling in, in the side, and because eventually he, he buys Jimmy Green off it, I mean, uh, and we finish up winning the FA Cup. So all right, we lost the final. Okay, we lost to Southampton. Cup finals are one-off games. Yeah. If you don't play well. You, you, you're going to get beat. If you, if, if you get a bit of luck, you're going to win. You know, and that was how it was. Absolutely. A few questions that I got asked to ask um, from Twitter before yep. we finish up. The first one was, where did you get your white gloves? 
<laughs> but the way, no, there, was, there, was, there was a great uh, goalkeeper who Fring called Spurt Must Spring. He, he actually he brought out these string gloves back in the 60s. Uh, and uh, we didn't have gloves like they have today. You know, it was just like string. Nowadays. They keep string yeah. back there. Well, these, these were string with a bit of table tennis back pimples on, 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 on the fingers. And, and uh, I. I I actually uh, wore them at West Brom the first time, and we it was we were winning four or three at half time because it was a, a, a I think it was a November or December game, and it was pouring with rain all all, all about the, the, the the match. But we finished up. I threw them in. I threw them in the skip actually at half time. I didn't want to wear them anymore. Uh, and because what happened was we we, we finished up winning four or three, but it was better that the gloves used to go to the laundry ladies, and because it was so much mud on them. They put them in bleach because they, they, they were like a, a fawny colour, but they put them in bleach. And, and ironically, because they came out white, but the bleach had also made these this, this sort of plastic, these pimply things on their fingers a bit tacky. So I, I, kept, I, I thought, well, that's not bad. I'll play with them again. <laughs> There's a few sources that are telling me that that's where Michael Jackson got his idea from, Malik Beffermans. <laughs> <laughs> Another question we have in is it's actually one since we're in lockdown now, there's lots of debates on, on social media. Yeah. Your Twitter, you do great quizzes every day, quiz questions. That's right, so, yeah. Um, a big debate is probably the whole time. United's best goalkeeper of all time. For you, who is it? Oof, I, I, I think I think at the end of the day, um, we have to go in decades mm. uh, because of the game, the way the games change and things like that. Um, I, 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 I like I, I, I would say uh, I'll go into the two decades that we we, we sort of done well uh, uh, under Fergie mm. uh, obviously Peter Smichael Peter Smichael came uh, a raw young keeper finished up a great keeper winning everything doing you know the treble and everything like that uh, and then Edwin van der Sar but Edwin van der Sar was already a made goalkeeper yes. but when I look at look at what how they played when they played for the club. Um, I, I, I just there's nothing between them. So I would go. I would go to pair of them actually because uh, you know. But fair dues to Peter. He built himself at United into a, a, a great goalkeeper. Whereas I said, Edwin came along. I mean, his, his record for clean sheets, etc., and, and winning the Champions League again was 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 incredible so there's not nothing between the two of them but um, fair dues to PJ he, he made his name uh, from a young kid into a great goalkeeper I have to ask you about what the Telegraph described as the strangest injury injury in football um, <clears throat> against Birmingham City apparently they, 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 they stated I don't know if it's true or not that you dislocated your jaw while shouting at your own defenders <laughs> yeah. well it, it, they, they they say that but you know sometimes uh, uh, they, they don't know the, they don't know the full facts <laughs> let's put that who one. got who got uh, who, who was in your bad books that day <laughs> <laughs> no what happened was um, uh, the, I think the first minute of the game it was a night game at Birmingham and because um, they got a free kick and it was one of these about 30 yards out and the ball was played high into into towards the six-yard box, and as a keeper, you've got to go. You know, you you've got to go, and you know certain players you're playing against. But you know, if you're going to go, well, I'm going to try. And, I'm waiting to catch the ball, obviously, um, and but I could get 
I could get done as well. Yeah. Uh, but you have to do it. That was yeah. how we. That's the difference between today's game and and uh, 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 and our game. Because I went to catch the ball as I did, uh, and there's a guy called Bob Hatton was was their centre forward, uh, and he tried to head the ball. Uh, whether he did or not, I don't know. But he 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 just headed my chin and knocked me out. Okay, right? so it wasn't caused by shouting then. No, well, then, then what happened was because eventually I get the cold sponge over me, and you come round and uh, and you play on, and the adrenaline, you know, keeps keeps you going. You know, I'm a, all right, I can feel my jaw, but I'm playing on, get to half time, relax, cup of tea, you know, uh, and then my jaw started to swell up because I go out the second half and a ball, I get the ball and. I went to shout to Martin Buchan that I was going to throw him the ball. And as I shouted, you crack. Okay. <laughs> so next thing, Brian, it was nil-nil at the time. Brian Greenoff went in goal. I think Jimmy Nichol came on the sub. And, um, um, I mean, I was carted off to, to Birmingham General. But uh, the, <laughs> the fact was we won 2-0. So Brian Greenoff was a better goalkeeper than me. <laughs> <laughs> That's brilliant, Alex. Alex, thanks so much for coming on Straight News today. My pleasure, Dad. I really appreciate it, and I hope you and your family are all keeping well in these difficult times. Yeah, thanks so much, and look, I'm sure we'll speak again some other time, but maybe when I'm able to go over to a game again when it's locked down and it's finished, we might have an old beer or so. Um, but look, uh, stay, stay safe, um, and we'll speak again soon. Thank you. Uh, God bless. God bless you all. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye bye. Podcast Network.